0: All right, if you take your Bible and let's turn to Revelation chapter number 21. Look at the Revelation chapter number 21. Last time that we were together, we began to look at some great changes on the horizon. And let me remind you that we saw the first great change that's coming there Revelation 21 verse number 1 of how the present heaven and earth is going to pass away. And today we're going to see the second great change that's coming. That's recorded in Revelation 21 verse 1 also. When the Lord is going to make both a new heaven, a new earth, someday just for believers. And we're going to see the new Jerusalem, the new holy heavenly city that's going to come down. Let's read verse number 1 and then we'll, uh, we'll read some other verses as we go through uh, the passage this morning. Verse number 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now, let me remind you that we saw both of these things were first prophesied back by the psalmist in Psalm 102, verse 25 and 26. When he said there they, uh, about the, uh, the heaven and the earth, that they shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all them shall wax old like a garment, as a vesture thou shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. Great change is coming. Amen. Now, the Lord has revealed something about both of these happenings in a prophecy also that was recorded by the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah sixty-five seventeen. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. I know it's hard for us to think about, that we're not going to remember this world. and It's not going to come to our mind. Things are going to be so great that are coming for us as believers, the former is not going to be remembered nor come to mind. So there's some great changes on the horizon. And remember that we saw what is going to happen to this old earth and old heaven from Second Peter chapter number 3. And we saw why we saw how the Lord is going to use fire to purge both heaven and earth and all of man's unrighteous works. Boy, it's full of unrighteous works in it. And He's going to do this because sin has corrupted the present heaven and earth, and that's going to be part of God's judgment against ungodly men and their works that have ruined His once perfect creation. In fact, the heavens and the earth are going to pass away with a great noise, according to what Peter wrote there. And the elements are going to melt with fervent heat. And he says there, the earth and also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So everything that sin has marred and tainted will be dissolved one day, never to be remembered by us again. And Peter tells us why this ought to matter in our, li- in our lives. And we, we shared this with you as we left last week. Here's why it matters. 2 Peter 3, 11, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What, what things? All things. Everything is going to be dissolved one day. What manner of persons are ye to be in ho- all holy conversation and godliness? You know, we as believers... Why would we get so wrapped up in this world that's going to pass away one day and melt with the fervent heat? Why would we do that uh, as the Lord's children? You know, as the Lord's children, we ought to be living for that which is eternal, not for that which is temporal. So the destruction of the present heaven and earth is the first of the great changes to come. And today we look at the more great changes that are on the way. And the first thing we see this morning, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth one day. We just read that in verse number 1 of Revelation 21. What is the character of that coming new heaven and new earth? Now we need to understand that there are two words that are translated new in the New Testament. One of those words means new in time or recently made. That, that's not the word that's used here. Instead, we have a word translated that means renewed or renovated. In other words, God's going to recycle the old by burning it and melting it down and dissolving it first. He's going to make a new heaven and new earth out of the old. Think about that. Right, listen, if man can, do, man can do that with aluminum cans and whatever else, God can do it a whole lot better with all that we see. And he's the one that made it all to begin with. And He's going he's to melt it all down and start all over again and all the all sin and everything that sinned, messed up, is going to be changed. This word new here is the very same term that is used when a sinful person gets saved and becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It will be new because everything about the old will be gone. Everything that sin marred will have been melted or dissolved and all the impurities will be no more. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. The universe in which we now live is going to be completely and utterly destroyed to bring about the new. It will be new in both quality and in character. Notice uh, verse number 5. Now we're not going to read all the verses. Let me encourage you to read chapter 21 and chapter 22. Uh, in its entirety Uh, I'm going to be skipping around a little bit here but we see in verse number 5 it says "And, and, and he that sat upon the throne said behold I make all things new and he said unto me write for these words are true and faithful he's going to make all things new, well what does he mean all things? All things, Amen. All means all, and that's all it that all means. Let us not forget that. And the Lord is going to make all things new. Well, what a blessing. And uh, Psalm 102, verse 26, uh, we mentioned a while ago, it says, As a vesture thou shalt change them, and they shall be changed. It's going to be out with the old and in with the new. Amen. And uh, as uh, as Isaiah said, the Lord is going to create them new and uh, the former's not going to be remembered. Look, look at verse number 1 again. We see something else that's going to be different about that uh, great change that's coming. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And here's something. It says, And there was no more sea. There was no more sea. Now, understand at the time of John writing this, he was living in exile on, the, on an island, the Isle of Patmos. If you're on an island without a boat, you're in prison. (laughs) If You can't get off the island. You're in prison by the sea, so to speak, because you're surrounded by water. Listen, uh, for there to be no more sea means that none of the bad things associated with the sea will there be ever any more again. Think about how the sea separates. You know, if you're going to go to the other side of the world... Uh, uh, to see somebody, uh, it takes a while to get there. But it takes a lot less time than what it used to take. Uh, when, uh, when America was discovered, you used to have to go by boat. Amen? There was long boat trips. We're talking about months it took to, to get there. And there was all kinds of, of things to face in order to travel from one side of the world to the other. And uh, now, even with air travel, it still takes a long time. And uh, but there's, no, there's going to be no more separation. There's going to be no more storms. Think about it. Uh, um, Paul talked about it in Acts 27:14 a tempestuous wind uh, that he was having to deal with there. There was a, a storm that brewed, and, uh, and you know we, we're familiar with that being in Florida, aren't we? You know those storms come in off the Atlantic. Some of them come up through the Gulf, but the hurricanes and tropical storms—they're going to be no more. You know, I'm kind of tired of having to to leave town whenever they come, <laughs> you know, just to try to be safe. Uh, there's going to be no more sinking. Think of Peter, Matthew 14:30, when he got his eyes off of Jesus and the waves were boisterous around him, and he began to sink, and he said, "Lord, save me." And uh, the Lord reached down and and grabbed him. Uh, You think of the sinking in the many ships that uh, are at the bottom of the oceans all around the world. There's uh, folks that make a a living going around and searching for those that have gone under and gone under with treasure, amen? But uh, we're not going to have to worry about any of that. No more sharks, praise God. You know, I've not been in the ocean since jaws came out. That came out when I was a young fellow. Yeah, no, no sir, you're not going to find me out in that water. <laughs> uh, we laugh about that, but I'm serious. <laughs> Ankle deep water is about is all I get if, if I'm out at the beach, but uh, no more sharks. Now we know the sea is necessary to sustain life in the world in which we now live. When the Lord made the sea and all the sea life that is in it, we know he made it good, didn't he? God didn't make anything. It was junk. God made it all good. But that was before the curse of sin. When the curse of sin came, you know everything bad that is associated with it took place. But in the future, there will be no need for a sea with the Lord. He will sustain us. Second thing I want us to see, it's found there in verse number 2. Look at verse 2. And I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So there's also going to be the city called the New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Uh, the name Jerusalem means dwelling of peace. Now, that's, that's going to be a change. Because the, 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 the Jerusalem as we know it, there in Israel has been anything but a dwelling of peace. Uh, It's full of war and rumors of war all the time, isn't it? That old city will melt with a fervent heat along with all the other cities in this world, but this new Jerusalem will live up to its name. It will be a dwelling of peace. John calls it the holy city. You know, when uh, the present city of Jerusalem was established, it was established to be a holy city but sinful man defiled it. Uh, Revelation chapter 11, verse number 8 says that spiritually it is called Sodom and Egypt. That's how God views it. None of those defilements of the old Jerusalem will be found in the new. John also says that it is prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, speaking of her glory, because he is prepared by God himself whom she comes down from. Think of a, a gl- most glorious city that you've ever seen. You know, there's some great cities in this world, but, but nothing's going to surpass the beauty of, of the new Jerusalem. I want to, to, us to note what the, the uh, excellency of this city, it's going to be a city of no mores, <laughs> and it was what I like to call it. There, there's going to be no more separation from God. Look at uh, verse number 3. It says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Think about that. No more separation from God. When we were born in this world, we were born separated from God. And thank God that Christ reconciled us to God. And because of that, we will have an eternity of fellowship with God. We notice in verse number 4, notice there's going to be no te- no more tears or crying. Look at verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Let's take these one at a time. No more Tears or crying. Now the suggestion here is that up to this point there have been tears or crying. I believe there are going to be tears that will be shed by us that are believers at the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to be sad that we didn't live more for Jesus like we ought to live than we did. I believe there's going to be tears that we shed for those who will uh, view everything burned up. <laughs> they're going to see all that they spent their time and, and money on and they're going to see when that old heaven and old earth pass away it's just going to be gone. It's going to be dissolved. I think some tears are going to be shed. That, hey, look, you know, I spent all that time on the worldly stuff and it's gone. I believe tears are also going to be shed as we look on at the great white throne judgment and see... The, the demise of those that are lost. I do believe we'll be looking on that. We won't, we won't be participants in the judgment. We won't have to get into that judgment because Christ took our judgment. But nevertheless, we will see maybe some of our friends and some of our family that did not know Christ who will be cast into the lake of fire. And that's going to that's gonna stir us up a little bit. I mean, we're we're gonna. I believe we're gonna shed some tears there, but th- this is after all of that is gone. All right, he's gonna wipe away all tears. There gonna be no more tears, no more crying. There gonna be no more sorrow there in verse number four we read. Think for a moment about the many things that have caused us sorrow in this life. There won't be so much sorrow because. Uh, uh, of, of, of sin, you know, all that sorrow came because of sin, but there won't be any sorrow ever again because there's not going to be any sin ever again. It's going to be a, a holy city. There's going to be no more pain. You know, some we're talking about some pains they had this morning. You know, we, we all have a, we're associated with pain in this life, aren't we? Uh, we know that uh, they come on us, and the older we get, it seems like more of them come on us. But think for a moment about the many things that have caused us pain. This life is full of pain, both physical and emotional pain. You think about accidents and injury and sickness, you name it. It's all going to be gone. Whatever's troubling you right now in this flesh, listen, you don't to have to worry about it when you get to be with the Lord. There's going to be no more death. What, what a blessing that's talked about there in verse number four. No more death or dying. One of, one of the most difficult things as a pastor for me is to try to help and comfort those who are grieving over the death of a loved one. You know, I'm just a little lost for words sometimes. But there will be no more separation from those that we are uh, with who are in Christ Jesus. No more caskets, no more funeral services, no more grave sites, uh, the song we just sang, me and my wife, oh, won't it be wonderful there. I mean, uh, when you think about it, it is going to be a wonderful time there. No more wants. Look at, uh, look at verse number 7. Verse number 7. says, He that overcometh shall inherit, notice, all things. We're going to inherit all things. I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Think about it. We, we, we have many unfulfilled desires as we live this life, don't we? In fact, sometimes our lust in this life gets us into trouble. But you know, we're not going to have to worry about having lust there. It won't be a problem in the heavenly city. Our lives will be totally satisfied with the Lord and with His eternal provision for us. There are going to be no more sinners. You think about this world that we live in right now. And all the things that are bad in this world, sin and sinners, I mean, it's a problem. And it's getting to be an increasingly greater problem. But look at verse number eight. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In other words, they're not going to be there. No more no more sinners. No more sin. Verse number 27. Look at verse number 27. There should be in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. No more sinners. No more sin. No more curse. Look at chapter 22. Chapter 22, verse number 3. Says, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. No more night. Look at chapter twenty one, verse number twenty three. Says in verse number twenty three, and the city had no need of sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamb is the light of thereof. It says in verse 25, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day for there shall be no night there. And then chapter 22 and verse number 5 it says, and there shall be no night there. and They shall need no candle, neither a light of the sun for, this, for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. So I want you to think about it. You know, darkness is the absence of light. It's the absence of light as all darkness is. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Amen? So there there can be no darkness where God is. And God is going to be there, and there's going to be no darkness. So since we will eternally be in His presence, there will be no night. Also, we see there will be no temple, no more temple. Look at verse number 22 of chapter 21. It says, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Um, So it's a city of no mores. What what a blessing that's going to be, amen? It will be a perfect city from God. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, and verse number 10, that Abraham looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's what Abraham looked for. What was he looking for? He's looking for this city right here. New Jerusalem. It, it's that city. It, it, God is the maker. The found, he's, the, he's the one that laid the foundation. He's, he's the builder. He's the maker of it. Jesus said in John 14 two, I go to prepare a place for you. Listen, this is that place. This city will be perfectly symmetrical. Look at verse 16 of chapter 21. Verse 16. It says, And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs. Now, that, that's the equivalent of 1,500 miles. 12,000 furlongs. 1,500 miles. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. Now, I want you to get the picture. It's a cube. It's, it's 1,500 miles Wide, 1,500 miles long, and 1,500 miles high. Um, that's If you just went the length and the, and the breadth, that's 2,250,000 square miles. But you add the 1,500 miles high, that makes it 3,375,000,000 cubic miles in area. Now, the world as we know it right now combines the area's if you combine all the area of the seven continents, it equals an area of, of only 57,609,000 square miles. It's going to be much bigger. <laughs> the area of the New Jerusalem will be over 58 times the amount of land of what we see on the earth right now. And there will be no shortage on space. John said in John 14, verse number 2, In my Father's house there are many mansions. Amen. And it will be perfect because the perfect architect designed and built it. It's going to be a beautiful city of God. It will shine with the glory of God like crystal, so there's no need for sun or moon. We read um, all except one of these verses I'm going to refer to. Look at chapter 21 there, verse number 11. Having the glory of God, and her light was like unto Uh, A a stone, most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. And then we read where there's going to be no need for the uh, sun or moon because the Lord's going to light it. He's going to light it with His glory. The walls are jasper and the city is of pure gold. Look at verse number 18. Verse number 18, "...and the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was of gold like unto clear glass." understand that John's trying to he's trying to describe something nobody's ever seen. Amen. And he's trying to use earthly language to to talk about a heavenly place. And I think he's kind of running out of words. Have you ever seen gold that was like glass? Well, that's what he said it's like. And I have no doubt that's what he saw. Uh, but it's going to be more beautiful than what we can think of. The gates are of pearl. There, according to verse 21, the gates... Uh, twelve gates or twelve pearls. Every, every several gate was of one pearl. Wait a minute. Pearls are little bitty things, aren't they? They are, but they're going to be the size. <laughs> they're going to be the size of a gate. Ever how big that gate is? And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. Pure gold, transparent like glass. Can your mind fathom that? My mind having trouble fathoming it, but I, be- I believe it by faith. Uh, the foundation of it is going to be of precious stones. Look at verse 19 and 20. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. And you go on and on there. And it talks about different uh, stones. that Some of them I can't even pronounce. So I'm not going to try to read them to you. Amen. But they're, uh, they're made of precious stones. And there will be a pure river of the water of life. Proceeding out of the throne of God. Look at verse 1 of chapter 22. It says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life. Clear as crystal. Proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And then it says that there will be a tree of life yielding twelve manner of fruit. What happened to the tree of life? Well, here it is. We find it right here. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. What a blessing. Amen. It will be a city of worship and service also. Look at verse number 3. There should be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And notice, and His servants shall serve Him. What are we going to be doing? I can't tell you that, but we're going to be serving God. You know, we need to get used to serving God here because you can going to be serving God for all eternity. Amen. Uh, and what a blessing that will be. Only those who are saved are going to be there. Uh, and we shall see the face of the Lord and, and we will be identified by bearing His name in our foreheads according to chapter 22, verse number 4. So they shall see His face and His name shall be in their foreheads. Listen. We're going to reign with Him forever and ever. There in verse number 5. The very last, very last phrase there. And they shall reign forever and ever. And ever. I want you to think, think about this. If heaven was simply a great city with streets of gold, gates of pearl, and precious stones and wondrous beauty, it might not be worth it all. But it's more than all that. It's a place where we shall see Jesus face to face and dwell with Him for all eternity. And that will make it worth it all. I love that song, It Will Be Worth It All When We See Jesus. Amen. It will. I know we have a lot of troubles and trials in this life and serving, serving the Lord is not easy, but it's going to be worth it. We, we're going to wish that we'd done more for Him. By and by, when we look on His face, we'll wish we had given Him more. In eternity future, God will reveal to us the exceeding riches of His grace. You don't believe that? Look at Ephesians chapter number 2. Look at Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. Let's let's begin reading verse number 4. But God who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Amen. Praise God for that. Notice this, verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Look at verse 7 is what we want to see. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. The riches of His grace. And David said, in Psalm 17, verse 15, he says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Listen, when we see Him and are with Him throughout all eternity, we shall be finally satisfied. We don't find much satisfaction in this life, do we? We just don't. But we will finally be satisfied there. We won't have any wants. There won't be any any reason to lust after anything. We won't lust. Finally satisfied. We'll be fully satisfied. There's not going to be anything that said, well, you know, I remember the way we had, it, and I just wish we could add that here. There ain't going to be any of that. It's going to be greater than we could possibly think. Finally satisfied, fully satisfied, forever satisfied. For eternity. We will share in this glory, and we will enjoy all these eternal blessings. All because of the one who made it possible by his death on Calvary's cross for us. There's none of us that are worthy of this this morning. Not a one. We're not worthy of it. But Jesus has given that to us. He's given us eternal life and he's given us a home that's going to be a forever home that's greater than we could possibly imagine. All those that know Jesus Christ as Savior Will enjoy all the blessings of the new Jerusalem when this world is no more. The question is, do you know Him? Amen? That's the question. If you do, it's, it's yours. If you don't, you need to come to Him today. And if you do know Him, are you serving Him? You know, one of these days you're going to wish you had done more for the Lord. Let's get busy serving the Lord. Great changes on the horizon. What wonderful changes! They are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning.